It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Saturday episode of Locked On Raptors, the Toronto Raptors fall in Philly to the Sixers, but where there's some positive signs for us to sift through, we will dig into that, plus the OG Ananobi conundrum with his slump progressing and continuing. What's the future of OG Ananobi with the Raptors as the deadline draws near? We'll get into all that on today's show. Thanks for hanging. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it, so I don't shoot kind of mess. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the free top of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. Aha, Welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Saturday, December the 23rd, a Festivus miracle. It's an extra podcast for you, baby. And I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on the website that don't work so good, at Woodley Sean. You can find the show on Instagram at Locked On Raptors. And of course, you can join us in the Locked On Raptors Discord server. The link is in the description of the podcast. It's free to join. We would love to see you in there. It's a great little family we got building around the show. And what's better around the holidays than family? Come join our Discord. We'd love to see you in there okay also you can find the show for free wherever you get your podcast subscribe follow rate review tell a friend it's always appreciated when you support the show we are also on youtube you can go subscribe over there hit the little notification bell which is a great thing for you everydayers out there if you don't want to miss the show hit the notification bell on the youtube channel and you will get a heads up every single time the show is going live so maybe you weren't thinking oh saturday there's not going to be an episode today aha that notification comes across and you got yourself a saturday pod everyone Go do that stuff. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use the code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. And we get rolling here by bringing in our dear pal, Vivek Jacob, who is joining me late on a Friday night after the Toronto Raptors fell to the Philadelphia 76ers 121-111. Big V, how the hell are you, pal? I'm doing good, man. I'm ready for, you know, holiday season is here. You're looking mm-hmm. good. You don't have a hat. Why don't you have a hat, huh? I should get a hat, but you know what? <laughs> I did not receive any advance notice, so Damn. here yeah. I am. But I, hey, I had the I think sweater on last just time. just in the holiday spirit, but no. <laughs> I, I had the Christmas sweater on last time. So you, that's just true. It's been a festive <laughs> week on the pod. That's right. Um, by the the hat for those not watching, I'm wearing a Christmas hat, and uh, it is of course a 2019 Toronto Raptors championship Christmas hat, which I that, I don't know why these exist, but I'll take it. It's pretty fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Big V, 
Toronto Raptors fall to the Philadelphia 76ers, 121-111, as I mentioned on Friday night. We are going to get into OG and Anobi, who struggled in this game. Again, it's been kind of a run here on both ends of the floor for OG. We're going to examine that and what it might dictate for the Raptors' future. We got the good, we got the bad, we got the hmm coming up later. But let's start off. Big V, it's the holiday season. Yes, the Raptors lost, but I'm feeling generous and I want to hand out some props to the Toronto Raptors. Yes, they lost to the Philadelphia 76ers, but guess what? Lots of teams lose to the Philadelphia 76ers. And I thought in this game, there were actually kind of some positive signs, some bucking of recent trends that I thought were pretty encouraging going forward in games against opponents that are not the Philadelphia 76ers. Seems like you also felt the same. What to you stood out as sort of, you know, yes, they lost, but silver linings, silver bells. Uh, wow, I got to get out of Christmas brain. Either way, what, what stood out to you as sort of silver linings of this game, Big V, stuff that you thought was encouraging, even with the result not going Toronto's way? Yeah, off the top, I think, you know, a low bar has been set. So I had no <laughs> expectations <laughs> coming in. Uh, the Sixers coming in were 13 and 1 against sub 500 teams. Mm -hmm. and have been absolutely waxing teams. Joel Embiid has not even been playing fourth quarters and putting up these ridiculous stats mm -hmm. inside the first three quarters. So my mindset coming in was kind of like, hey, if the Raptors can make Embiid play the fourth quarter, that's a win. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they so, just about barely did it. <laughs> so are they 11 and 17 or 12 and 16? Really? <laughs> <laughs> So more of victory season, baby. Um, and so, yeah, I think the biggest positive was the start, right? Mm -hmm. Like every time now I see what the starting lineup is going to be, I'm, uh, you know, I, I kind of, I feel like, you know, Harry Potter uh, losing a Horcrux at this point, <laughs> just like. <laughs> just like stabbing you, your soul is being just demolished yeah. piece by piece. Yeah. 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 And I keep, yeah. I keep waiting for that change. And I don't know why I have this hope, but every time I see the update on what the lineup is, it's like, oh, yep. it's the same lineup again. But hey, they started out great. It was 27 to 12. They put up 37 points in the first quarter. You're thinking, wow, this is super mm -hmm. impressive. It was jarring. And, you know, you, you had the chemistry between Dennis Schroeder and Jakob Pertl. You had Pascal Siakam doing amazing things. Um, and yeah, just a super encouraging start. Yeah, 100%. Uh, it was the first first quarter they've won since November the 29th, which, uh, again, we're handing out victories here. They're actually 13 and 16 now. They get two wins for this game. Made Joel Embiid play in the fourth and won the first quarter by nine points. Excellent stuff, guys. Running up those standings. Um, <laughs> but no, honestly, I, I did think the starters Maybe now... Maybe we should have games. a moral standings. <laughs> moral standings. <laughs> oh god this season's gonna get dark isn't it this is, uh, <laughs> we're workshopping stuff for the new year when things the get moral victory grim, surely yeah um where was i the starters this is so, now the second game in a row where the starters have actually performed pretty well which is uh troublesome if you're the kind of person who wants to see them change the starters that said there was some flexibility in the lineup patterns in this game, Big V. And that was very exciting. We saw 
some sort of different mixing and matching. We saw a long stretch in the third quarter of Gary Trent Jr., Pascal Siakam, and Scotty Barnes playing together uh, alongside Precious Achua and Malachi Flynn. A pretty interesting look that was really strong and brought this game back. Uh, they got they were within four going into the fourth quarter after it seemed like the Sixers were kind of pulling away as Joel Embiid was just hitting ridiculous shot after ridiculous shot. Um, but I thought that was really nice to see. We, we, we saw some flexibility, some different combos. Some of them didn't work, right? There was like a Dennis Schroeder, Scotty Barnes lineup with the bench to start the fourth. Not terribly successful, but they're trying different things. It wasn't just Scotty plus the bench. And when it was Scotty plus the bench, it was Otto Porter Jr. in place of Chris Boucher. All sorts of tinkering going on in this game. I'd be interested to go back and look at the lineup data. We're recording this too soon after the buzzer to have all the data in front of us. But uh, it, it was nice to see some flex from Darko Ryakovich on the rotation front. He teased it going into the game. He's teased rotation changes in the past. And so I was a little skeptical. But um, yeah, nice to see. The other thing, too, you mentioned the Schroeder hurdle chemistry. And look, this wasn't a great offensive game from Dennis Schroeder. Missed a couple of big threes, only six points, two of eight from the field. Not what you want. I thought these two on defense were as connected as they've been in like a month and a half, like since the first couple weeks of the season. And it was against Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey. And I thought the Raptors did a really good job in this one of adjusting and reacting to the various changes that Nick Nurse and the Sixers were deploying with their offense through the course of this game. First first quarter, I thought the Raptors did a wonderful job. They were running really high pick and roll with Maxi and Embiid, and I thought uh, Schroeder was doing an awesome job sticking through, fighting over the screen, getting into Maxi's grill, forced a turnover or two by doing that, just kind of having active hands, extra effort type of stuff. That was great. And then I thought Jakob Pertl did a great job of keeping Maxi in front of him to allow the defense to recover in those situations too. From there... They pivoted and just kind of had MB you know, sort of size up Pirtle solo. And I thought Pirtle, for the most part, did a pretty good job holding up in those one-on-one -on -one spots. A couple examples of Scotty Barnes diving in for some help. That was great to see as well. Uh, and then in the third quarter, they start to pull away. The Sixers start to run like side pick and rolls to kind of tilt the floor a little bit more. You got Maxi and Embiid kind of running on the right side of things. The help is in the lane, realizing you can't really move from that spot when you're dealing with those two dudes. And it was creating a bunch of wide open threes on the other side, but they kind of cleaned that up pretty quickly as well after a couple possessions. And so overall, yes, they give up 121 points. This felt like the best defensive game the Raptors have played just kind of in terms of planning and locking in in quite some time. Am I being too generous? Am I being too much of a Santa Claus and handing out my praise to the defense? I thought they actually did what you can against a team with as much shot making talent as the Sixers clearly possess. No, I think that was a great breakdown. I mean, credit where credit is due. And I, I think the other factor we can't ignore is it helps when the matchups suit the personnel. And mm -hmm. I think when you look at Schroeder, who is known for his speed going up uh, against another speedy guy, he's saying, hey, okay, you know, let me show you what I've got. Uh, and I think Jakob Perto, you look at a matchup uh, against Joel Embiid, that's more of, more of a traditional matchup for him. And mm -hmm. I think that's something that you expect him to have some level of success or at least opportunity to succeed um, relative to going up against, you know, an MVP caliber guy. Uh, mm -hmm. And so I think those things uh, helped the Raptors out. And I thought, you know, uh, when you have those two in sync defensively, then you get the best out of Scotty, who it can, can kind of roam without just being in kind of, you know, fire extinguisher mode.
and I think uh, we saw some great blocks uh, as we've come to see this season from Scotty. Um, mm-hmm. I think Pascal uh, probably the the decision making. Uh, that he was kind of forced into where it was like, oh, okay, as you mentioned, when they tilted the side of the floor and he's coming to show middle, it, it was, he obviously had that threat of the shots going down from the outside, but it's like, okay, you know, once you commit to Maxi, you kind of got to go all in on that. Yeah. Um, and then that was kind of just the tough decisions that that dynamic deal forces you into. So mm-hmm. um, I think they did pretty well. Uh, I think, you know, once they weren't able to force the turnovers uh, as much as they were in the first quarter, then you saw that impact the offense to a degree as well. Um, and yeah, I, I think defensively that was overall a good job. Not great. For sure. Yeah. I mean, better than we've seen where they've been pretty lifeless and without a plan in most of the games over the last month or so. And, you know, when that starting lineup, when the sort of backbone of the defense in Dennis and and Yaka are kind of working, they get stops, they force turnovers and they run a whole bunch, which they've not been able to do a ton. They ran 22.4% of the time in this game per clean the glass, 95th percentile in terms of frequency. That's what you want. And they scored very efficiently, 123.8 offensive rating in those possessions as well. So some promising signs of them kind of finding the formula that has worked for them and will work for them if they can tap into it a little more often. We'll come back to the other side, get into something that's not working right now. It's OG Ananobi. It's been a tough go for him of late. And of course, with everything swirling around this team, the next month and a half is big. We're going to get into what the slump means and whether OG Ananobi is as surefire a guy to keep around with Scotty Barnes as we once thought. We'll get into that coming up in just one second. Today's show is brought to you by Better Help. And right now, it's a tough time. It's the holiday season. You know, you got lots going on, but also you got the new year and the pressures of the new year and wanting to be a better you. Better Help can help you with that. Getting someone who you can talk to about what your motivations are, what are what's kind of bothering you, stuff. It, really, it's just having somebody to talk to to get the stuff that's in your brain out there so you can process things better. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash NBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash NBA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we continue on here. Vivek Jacob from Sportsnet is here as we continue on your first listen of the day. A reminder, Locked On Sports 24-7. You can go check it out. It's the first of its kind 24-7 sports streaming channel. It's a wonderful thing. We've got shows from all of our national shows on the Locked On channel. We've got all of the local shows covering the biggest stories all on a 24-7 loop. It's Locked On Sports today, 24-7. Go check it out. All right, Big V. Uh, OG Ananobi, rough one in this one. 0 of 4 from deep. He goes 4 of 9 overall, so 4 of 5 on his twos. A couple pull-ups here and there. He had 5 assists as well, which kind of surprises me considering um, just sort of how clunky some of his possessions felt. 
but it continues the slump he's had from deep and just in general I don't think he's quite bringing the same juice as a defender as he has in years past as well. And look, guys are going to have up and down years. The standard OG Ananobi set last season was incredibly high and very difficult to match. But right now, he is, I think, leaving a lot of questions out there, right? If the offensive leap isn't coming and the defense isn't at an all-defense level, which I don't think you can argue it really has been so far this year, the prospect of paying him $40 million plus in the summer over many, many years becomes a little tougher to kind of justify. You know, I, I'm not at any sort of decision point or anything like that with OG just yet, but, you know, I on this podcast have been kind of leaning towards the Siakam over OG argument. If you're going to keep one of them, Siakam and Scotty pairing up beautifully. They look like the freaking Sedin twins out there at times for those hockey fans out there. We know Big V loves hockey, uh, so that reference will go great for him, as it did when I texted him earlier, and he was very confused. Um, but they're looking great, and the OG of it all, it's just kind of felt a little bit clunky, not to mention they just can't afford these slumps. They just don't have the margin for error to withstand it. What are your thoughts on OG of late? What were your thoughts on him tonight and sort of the bigger picture OG conundrum? Yeah, it's been a real struggle for OG in December. Like one of the things I was looking at is he has not had a single game in December with multiple steals. Yeah. Like how hard is that to believe for OG Ananobi? Um, mm-hmm. He's made zero or one three-pointer in six uh, of the nine games he's played. And I think uh, when you look at just his overall play, you mentioned the lack of juice. There is just this seeming listlessness about him. And I think mm-hmm. that's my big concern. Um, is he carrying some type of injury that we don't know about? What mm-hmm. What is bothering him off the court? Like, we, we don't know. But it almost seems to that extent, right? Like, what is going on? Why are the struggles this bad? Uh, and, yeah, to your point about figuring out what the trade options are, there is a conversation to be had of, okay, well, if teams are giving you such relatively underwhelming offers for Pascal Siakam because mm-hmm. they know he's in the final few months of his deal and then he's made it public that he would not sign an extension, mm-hmm. that type of thing, then uh, you got to look at what you're getting for OG. And if the mm-hmm. difference is that drastic, where you are getting legitimately good return for OG, then that might be the path forward. Now, I think the big challenge that will come with that is you have to address the roster construction to a greater degree, if that's the case. 100%. Right? Yeah. I think part of why people support keeping Scotty and OG together is because there is more of a timeline mesh and there is also more of an on-court mesh because of what OG provides as a 3 and D guy as a compliment to Scotty. And I think to make Pascal and Scotty work, you have to change up that much more around them. And so uh, in trading OG, you have to be cognizant of that. And I think if you do trade OG, then I do think it becomes inevitable that you also trade Jacoperto at some point. Mm. Because for me, if you're going to get the best out of Scotty and Pascal, that is not the type of big man that can be around that duo. 
Yeah, I, I think that's an interesting one because I think it depends on what you can get in return for OG, right? Like if you can use OG to find yourself the guard of the future who's got some pull-up juice. We've talked about the guys out there, right? Is it an Ant Simons? Is it a Jaden Ivey? Is it a uh, an Emmanuel Quickly if you can figure that out and again, you know, trick James Dolan into dealing with the Raptors, all that stuff. If you can find that guy, I think Yak becomes more tenable as like a stopgap until you can find the right deal for him just because we know he works with a pull-up shooting guard. And also, all this gets a little easier because Scotty Barnes is like a high-volume three-point shooting monster at this point. And that makes the fit around him with anyone you might bring in a lot easier. I am I think like the logic of trading OG over Siakam, it just is more sound to me right now. And look, things can change. Opinions can change. You know, Obviously, the market will be what the market is. But I just think the reality of the situation is Pascal's a better player than OG. I don't think that's really up in, up for debate. Like Pascal's a really, really, really good basketball player who's playing extremely well right now. Just a cool 31-5-5 and against the Sixers tonight. You know, he's just kind of walking into his numbers of late. Siakam's better, but the market will probably dictate that OG gets you more. A, he's an easier guy to trade for. He makes 18 million bucks to Pascal's 37. That's part of it. I think also the teams that are going to be looking to make a big trade around the deadline they're looking for OG types and not Pascal types. Pascal is the type of guy you bring in and you reorient your team around him as your one or two, right? That's not the case with OG. OG is a glove-like fit on basically every team in the NBA, and there will just be more teams out there, therefore more teams bidding with one another to try to get that guy to be the sort of final puzzle piece. To me, OG feels like the Mark Gasol for whatever team is going to land him that Marc Gasol was to the Raptors, right? Just that kind of last puzzle piece that puts you over the top, gives you a little bit more playoff-proof skills and all of that. And so I just think it's lining up that OG is going to get you more. I also think OG's bird rights are very valuable too, right? Like free agency is basically dead. If you can acquire OG and Anobi's bird rights, you have the inside track on keeping him. That's huge. Pascal, same deal, obviously. But again, it's a more difficult thing. You're not just trading for Pascal and dropping into him into an existing team construct unless you're like a very specific team. Kind of the Pacers are the only team that really comes to mind that could just drop Pascal in and, oh, God, this is incredible, and you run with it right away. Um, and so, yeah, because of all of those factors and because I just think the Scotty Pascal thing can work, it's working right now with a horrible context around them. They're playing wonderfully off of one another. They're balancing their usage. I, I just think there's a lot of harmony with the way they're playing together at the moment. There's some great sequences tonight of those two, just kind of simpatico. It's great. I do think it's tilting towards OG being the guy. And maybe that makes it a more difficult team build long term. But I ultimately think when you have Scotty Barnes, he's going into year four next season. You have to optimize the talent around him. And you do that by keeping Pascal Siakam and moving OG Ananobi for a bigger package than you could, in theory, get for Pascal Siakam right now. So, um, you know, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I think that last point is the most prevalent where, hmm. you know, you have to think about it from Scotty's perspective mm -hmm. where he is going to be assessing the team and his future with the team. Mm -hmm. And if he can look beside him and say, okay, I've still got this all NBA caliber guy next to me. Mm hmm as opposed to potentially, you know, getting, you know, pennies on the dollar on a, in a Pascal trade and, you know, OG is not that type of scorer. And now you put that much more on Scotty's plate and now he's wondering, okay, where are we really headed? Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's an important factor to consider. Scotty has said on the record a couple of times now that Pascal Siakam is his favorite player. 
Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> Mine too, by the way. Me and Scotty, <laughs> we're the same. <laughs> we play video games and we love Pascal Siakam. Yeah, we're basically the same guy. <laughs> there you go. So I think that's another part of it that you have to evaluate and, and judge. You know, what is the return um, and what genuinely makes this the best team going mm-hmm. forward? And yeah, it, it shouldn't just... There's enough of a gap between Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi as players, as mm-hmm. individual talents, that it shouldn't just come down to their timelines. Yeah, I mean, the timeline thing I get to an extent, but I would be much more concerned if Pascal were 32 going into this contract. He's 29. Like, he's going to be on the team for four or five more years to be like through age 34, I guess, is when like the, the deal would end maybe there's some decline there there probably will be but that's probably also in concert with scotty barnes leveling up even further from what he is right now so you probably it comes out in the wash and siakam just clearly is a ready-made number two to go to war with a really good player as your number one which scotty barnes looks like he's on track to be it's tough like there's this is the thing it's all uncomfortable there's no perfect outcomes here because of the corner the franchise has painted itself into with all the pending ufas and all of this stuff the losing guys for nothing in recent years, the the draft picks out the door. Like there's not going to be a perfect solution here. And I know moving OG will break the hearts of many. It'll break the heart of me. He's awesome. You probably regret trading him for a long time because of the defense he brings. He's kind of a unicorn there, but if he's less unicorn like, like he's been of late, I think you can get a little bit closer to justifying it because right now, like, are you paying 40 plus million bucks a year for this version of OG Ananobi? It's a little dicey, man. Um, we'll, of course, keep this conversation going through the next six weeks, of course. Uh, but we're going to leave it there for now. Come back to the other side. Get to the good, the bad, and the hmm to round out the show. We'll do that in just one second. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks, the single best way to go and play daily fantasy sports. It's the way it should be. It's just you against the projections. It's not an expert in some basement somewhere who's put together an unassailable roster. It's not against a thousand other lineups that you have no idea what you're even competing against. No. All you got to do is pick two to six players on a prize picks entry, and whether they will get more or less than their prize picks projection in a given stat. And if you get all six right, you can win up to 25 times your money, and that is pretty sweet. With the basketball season here, you can also now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at 10.5 combo of three-pointers made in receptions. That's a thing you can do. That's super fun for you multiple sports fans out there, like our pal Big V, who loves all of the sports, except for hockey, apparently, which is a real bummer. Either way, go check out prizepicks.com slash LockedInNBA right now. Use the code LockedInNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash LockedInNBA. Use the code LockedInNBA for a first deposit match up to $100 with PrizePicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, rounding out the show, Vivek Jacob from Sportsnet is here. The final segment before we send you off into the holidays. Uh, Ho, 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 indeed. 
let's get into the good, the bad, and the hmm, Big V, the thing we liked, the thing we didn't like, and the thing that's got us a little bit intrigued from the most recent Toronto Raptors game. What you got for your good? Pascal Siakam, baby. Uh, yes. I think that was just an awesome performance. He, he was so good. Uh, and, you know, I think even when we look back on that start, uh, if Scotty has himself a, a better offensive game, I think the mm -hmm. Raptors are maybe able to keep uh, the Sixers at arm's length for a bit longer. Yep. Maybe, you know, that makes it more of a game in the second half as well. Uh, and, yeah, it's just unfortunate that that didn't work out. But, yeah, Pascal, uh, 31, 5, and 5, really, really great performance. And, obviously, now he's in the top five uh, in franchise history in total assists, which makes him in the top five for points, rebounds, and assists. Yep. Amazing story. I always go back to, you know, when he was drafted and Dwayne Casey basically get, he gave him a player comp of Bo Outlaw. Yeah. And, you know, someone who's <laughs> just going to defend and run the floor. Yeah. And that's all you wanted him to do. And he started out like that. But to go from that to being what he is now and having the franchise accomplishments that he has, one of the best development stories in league history. And it's amazing that it's come with the Raptors. He'll be playing in his 500th career game as a Raptor tomorrow as well, which is pretty cool. And yeah, I mean, top five in all, one of 31 players all time to be top five in points, rebounds, assists for a team. Shout out to Pascal Propaganda, our dear friend on Twitter, for the sporkle that uh, I did almost pretty well. I got 28 out of 31 picking the guys. Sorry, I didn't get Dolph Shays for the Sixers. But um, yeah, just uh, really, really amazing. Like having a homegrown guy who's done this and it's been such a fascinating arc to follow just as a fan the highs the lows the sort of the, the surprise of him as a rookie just being able to like start thank you jared sellinger for getting hurt to open up the pathway for pascal siakam to start to start that year and basically just run for outlet passes from kyle lowry and then to kind of just layer in stuff the playoffs the following season guarding john wall and bradley beal closing games in place of like DeMar DeRozan in that Cavs series, you know, you think of that game, was it game three comeback where OG hits the shot late to before LeBron James did a thing that I've repressed from my memory. Um, but like Pascal Siakam, instrumental in that lineup to get that game back in into touch. It, it, he's just, he goes from that. He has the breakout in the championship season, of course, 32 in game one of the NBA finals. You go into... All he's done since then, becoming the guy, having the bubble where he just well, was not totally at rock bottom. The essential mm. championship winner over oh, that's Draymond right. Green. He hit the literal game-winning championship bucket. This is right. Over Draymond Green. And, and people's remember when people were like, oh, he's not clutch. Yeah, he doesn't have to be clutch. He already did the most clutch thing one can do. It's fine. He's already got that on his CV. Um, yeah, and then he has the, the bubble, like this really, really low point, followed by the start of the Tampa season where he kind of shook that off. And since then, it's just kind of been this steady climb of Pascal Siakam refining himself into an incredible, incredible basketball player. And look, man, I know I'm a Rube. I know I'm a Siakam head. I know I can't look at the Siakam situation with clear eyes, and I'm always going to be on the side of just keep this dude around. But just keep this dude around. Not only is he really good, you can pay him and keep him around for many more years, racking up those career totals. There's value to that, man. There's something cool as a fan to watch one of your dudes be on your team for a very long time and accrue the type of counting stats that Siakam is doing. 
He's already a top five Raptor of all time. Why not let let him have more runway to dig further in to the DeMar DeRozan and the Vince Carter and the Kawhi Leonard of it all and find himself even closer to the Kyle Lowry tier of Raptors? I think that's a cool thing, and that's got to be an element of the fan experience that we value, that we cherish, because you don't get this all the time. You shouldn't take it for granted. And on top of it, he's just really good and seems to be the best fitting player with their ascendant star as well. So, uh, you know, I know I've said it before. Pascal Siakam should just be a forever Raptor. He might not be. We might be in the last six months of Pascal, sorry, six weeks of Pascal as a Raptor. But if we get more of it, that's great in my books. And that is a good thing for the franchise and just like, being a real franchise, being a serious franchise that treats your dudes right and kind of gives guys a, a platform to become franchise legends. It's what we do this for, man. It really is. I don't know why I've gotten so heated about this right now. Maybe my brain is boiling from this hat, but uh, love Pascal Siakam. And yeah, I'll share in that he was my good from this game as well. What you got for your bad? Well, I mean, we've gone over OG Ananobi, so mm -hmm. part of me doesn't want to do that again. Sure. Uh, and Mix so, it up. <laughs> and so I will go with uh, Malachi Flynn. Just buddy. Really, really struggling. And we, again, you go back to the start that the Raptors had. Malachi Flynn comes into the game. First possession. He's dribbling up the court and just turns it over uh, on the dribble. Mm -hmm. And Sixers go down and get a bucket. Then on the next possession, he absolutely bricks a three. Um, it's like off the backboard onto the rim bad miss uh he did have a kick out to gary trent for three after but i think just more and more you know i'm kind of in the same place with both malachi and precious where mm. i'm like all i want to see is them be good enough for a trade <laughs> <laughs> just, just 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 look like you can be a rotation player that can be moved <laughs> and i'm not asking for anything more uh, but right now, Malachi is not looking like an NBA rotation player. I mean, look. And he has it for the majority of his career. Yeah, it's been now three and a third seasons, and he's looked like an NBA player for two months of that. Like, it yeah. sucks. It's just the reality. He's not affecting positive basketball. That said, guess who led the team in plus minus tonight? Malachi Flynn, plus nine, baby. Uh, that is very much a function, I would argue, of A, garbage time, and B, the power of the Scotty Pascal Gary Trent Jr. trio, which was awesome tonight and really won those minutes late in the third to help balloon Malachi Flynn's only positive stat of the entire night. Tough stuff. You mentioned Precious. I am more on the Precious wagon than you are. I think he's been pretty good of late, last 15 games or so. We've seen a lot of the good version of Precious. And I just, I can't quit him, man. It's like cigarettes. I'm never going to do it. So someone just takes it and throws it away. But I, I, I don't, don't smoke, by the way. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not I'm a smoke confused. Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a, I just know cigarettes are hard to quit, as is Precious Achua. Okay. Again, my brain's boiling in this hat. I'm just saying things now. Um, but yeah, tough one from Precious in this one. Just some kind of momentum sapping plays comes in and just sort of like erratic just kind of kicking it around turnovers he can we just have like a rule that precious doesn't get to bring the ball up when they have numbers in transition because i feel like it just gets to him and he's like oh no 
we have a chance to score here, but I have to facilitate it. And he just can't do that part. Um, I like, I like his work in the half court. I liked his defense a lot lately, but that is one thing I just wish to never see again. Tough one from precious. He is my bad. What is your hmm from this game? Well, my hmm is, are we really starting to see uh, a quicker hook when it comes to uh, the bench? And mm. I thought, you know, I mentioned those mistakes that Malachi made. You know, Precious started poorly as well. And we saw them get the quick hook. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that is something I'll probably looking out, be looking for, out for going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think we're just at that time where, okay, as, as long as, you know, Pascal, Scotty, OG, they're out there, like you've got to be trying to win games. That's why I think we feel this sense of urgency in terms of changing the starting lineup. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, when Darko is saying, Oh, it's about, you know, I don't want to change the starting lineup because then, you know, it it might mess up the opportunity for the bench guys. Like they've yet to seize it. So what does it matter? Yeah, (laughs) The the priority is winning games. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And until the, I think that should be his priority until the front office makes it clear that, Either you're going into a full rebuild or, you know, you're taking a big swing, whatever it might be, right? Sure. Un- until that point, I think your priority as a coach is to win games. Yep. Um, and you can't be thinking about the opportunity first before the wins um, until you've got a roster that kind of really dictates that. Yeah, like guys have not seized those spots, right? Like Malachi Flynn, there are like 20 minutes of point guard action for him to be grabbed and he has just not grabbed it at all and yeah you would like to see a bit of a quicker hook there for those bench units that aren't very good and you know i'm glad to see that there's maybe some sort of moving of the sort of different combinations they might use hopefully going away from the four bench guys plus scotty lineups and all of that but uh yeah the bench has not been good and like you just can't i mean it'd be nice to see some other guys get looks too like maybe grady dick gets back in there at some point we'll see got in there for garbage time um but a guy who did get in tonight is my hmm Otto Porter Jr., a sighting. We love it. Will there be more? It's always the question when we see Otto Porter Jr., but whenever he plays, the team looks like it makes sense. He was a minus 10 tonight, but I don't think that's reflective of the impact he has out there. He's huge. He shoots threes. That's a great combo for what this team needs, and we did see a little flash of the Dennis plus uh, Otto, OG, Pascal, and Scotty lineup tonight. That's always good to me. I believe they closed the game and won against Dallas with that lineup, if I'm not mistaken. Like, that's yeah. had success. Let's get a little bit more of that. Uh, happy to see Otto Porter Jr. back in the mix, and hopefully he continues on with it. 15 minutes, third in bench minutes after Gary Trent Jr. and Precious Achua tonight. And I kind of think that's the way it should be until Otto Porter Jr.'s body says, no, can't do that anymore. But uh, there's no reason to me why he shouldn't be the third guy of the bench rotation and you obviously Malachi Flynn's there. I would rather see those touches just kind of funnel to Scotty, frankly, and, uh, and and go that way. We also saw the Gary Trent Jr. version of the starters with no Dennis Schroeder for like a hot second. I don't think it had a lot of success. I would have to go back and check the numbers, but that was we got a moment of that too. Darko, <laughs> we love it, baby. A Christmas miracle. All right, we're gonna leave it there. Big V, thanks so much for hanging out, buddy. You got anything you want to promote for the good people out there? Um, I did a look at, you know, the leading contenders for the individual awards for the NBA. Uh, that's Scotty Barnes for all of them, of course. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've, uh, I will have a Christmas wish list, uh, coming out. Say on... that again. 
Five times yeah. fast? No, exactly. <laughs> you got me. You got me. You got me. Christmas wish list. <laughs> there you go. You got it. Well, we'll, we'll I'll cut it. No, I won't. But uh, that, no, no, that's fine. <laughs> that's um, extra work. I'm not doing. It's, it's two days before Christmas. I'm not working. So that'll time. be coming out Christmas Eve. You can check that out uh, for each team, and that'll be up for Sportsnet. Besides that, I will just say happy holidays uh, to everyone that's watching, listening. Um, be safe. Be merry. And thanks for all the support in 2023. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's been a big year for the pod. It's been a big year for the YouTube channel. The Discord was launched this year. That's very cool. That's been a real source of joy and happiness and a nice way to talk about the Raptors on the internet that doesn't require me to log into Twitter anymore, which is great. Um, so shouts to all the Discord folks especially. But yeah, if you rocked with the podcast this year, it's not like we're going anywhere. There'll be podcasts next week. But uh, thank you so much to everyone who's messed with it and uh, is thinking about messing with it going into 2024. We're going to have lots of stuff to talk about. As it turns out, this team keeps on giving it, even if the games are very similar night to night. Uh, the the storylines, they're juicy. They're just they're, they're scrumptious. There's lots to dive into. So we'll have that for you. We'll be back again on Tuesday after Christmas. So I'll do a little mailbag episode that I'll drop because I'm traveling as well. So I'll just kind of answer some questions, drop it out there, and then we'll get back to the usual run of things next week, later in the week. Till then, thank you so much for tuning in. Please follow, subscribe to, rate, review, all that good stuff. It's always appreciated. You can also find us um, on, like I said, Discord, Instagram, all that stuff. And we will talk to you again on Tuesday. Thanks so much for hanging. Have a wonderful Holloway. Ha, Holloway. Have a wonderful holiday. Ha, ha. Oh! Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.